Okay, um, so this week's been, as always, a bit hectic. Yeah, um, some things never change. Yeah, Dirk's carrying a cold, so if mm -hmm. he sounds a bit off, that's why. Um, I have some timber and resonance in my actor's voice. Yes, your actor's voice. My actor's voice. Um, which is actually really good, because Dirk having his actor's voice is how I find him in the shops now, because you've got to wear those masks. Uh, <laughs> we tried out masks We live for extended in, period of time. We live in a... Quite a rural part of Australia. Mm -hmm. um, Armadale. Hi, Tortle. Hello, Tortle. This is our cat, if Can you're watching on YouTube. Um, we live in quite a rural part of New South Wales in Australia, but um, it's still classified as a city, and um, it's the highest city in Australia. We live up a mountain, and it's cold, but that's not what the point. The point is that the cops have now said and released a thing saying... Um, that is advised that you wear masks now when you go like on public transport or shopping, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And me being kind of immunocompromised with fibro and, and fibromyalgia and that sort of thing, it's a really good idea for me to wear a mask anyway. So we wore our masks for the first time today when we went shopping. Because mm -hmm. normally we're really, really good at social distancing, but um, it's getting a bit hectic out there. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it either. Um, so, yeah, but... We were making that joke that, like, you can always tell Dirk when, because he's got that timber voice. And actor's voice. The, well, timber, you mentioning timber reminds me of that joke you make about my, my inside voice. My oh. actor's voice. Oh, the fact that you learnt your inside voice in a helicopter full of chainsaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chainsaws, timber, lumber. Yeah. Because he has not got an inside voice. So I've been told. And, um... You felt various levels of uh, discomfort. I felt drowsy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dirk felt very drowsy. I had to go get my eyes checked today because yeah. um, I'm getting old. My eyes are going all funny. And so I need new glasses, even though I only brought these ones a year ago. I need new glasses. So mm. that's another another expense I really needed right now. But because um, I'm the only driver, I need to keep my eyes good. So, um, I was working on that on my end, but then COVID-19 happened, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. So I'd rather you wait to get your license until it's safe. Um, but I have to go down to Newcastle tomorrow <laughs> and Newcastle has just been declared a hotspot. So yay. Yay. But I won't be going to any shops or anything like that. I have a mask for putting in petrol and that kind of thing if mm -hmm. I need to, which I will. Um, but I have to go down and get Cody because he's got to come up and get all his stuff because he's just moved into an apartment with his new girlfriend. That's right. Well, a new apartment with his girlfriend. He's been with his girlfriend for a while, but they just got a new apartment. So he needs to get his stuff. That's us rambling for now. It is. And uh, <laughs> you don't need to quarantine. You and Dakota will not need to quarantine. No, we shouldn't because so we're not you know. going anywhere bad. Does that make sense? Like we're not going... Anyway, mm. we are going around family and people we know. So, family. Yes. And so, oh, we shouldn't need to quarantine. We, you shouldn't, no. It should be a great week. And on that note, let's yes. get into this week's... <laughs> Again, it's very late on a Friday night. Yes, yes it is. Um, Because Dirk worked today. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. But we are, we are finding that Fridays are much better to get the podcast out on time. After I make those sweet, sweet ducats. Yeah. And come home and we have dinner and a nice, delicious hot chocolate. Yes. And I'm going to have a sip of that before we start. But mm-hmm. um, as if you listened to last week, you'll know that this week we're doing Carl Williams because it is mm-hmm. by request by our friend Tammy, who is also a listener. Mm-hmm. Big ups to Tammy. Yep. And... She went the proper way about it and actually emailed her request in. She didn't just ask us the next time she saw us. She actually was nice enough to put an email in. Thank you, Tammy. You are being an awesome, awesome fan and and family member. And, and we'll Carl see you Williams. on Tuesday. Exactly, we shall. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Carl Williams. The Bogan, well, this media image of him exa- exacerbated. Well, definitely. Yeah, okay. Stop for just one second. Dirk will know a lot about this because he has done a lot of gangland war studies. So Not as much. As uh, Squizzy Taylor and stuff like that. But you still know a lot Caitlin about it. Caitlin Tilda Vine. But I, I, I know enough. Uh, oh, I need to get those names off of you too later. Oh, I'm happy to give them to you. Sweet. But yeah, uh, it's strengthened uh, the, the 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 first the first season of of Underbelly. Was definitely about the, the Melbourne Gangland Killer. And it's strengthened this whole uh, image of Carl Williams as the 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 bogan kingpin of Melbourne's drug he's, trade. He's a babyface killer. Yes, uh, pondering. Uh, Ch- uh, chicken takeaway meals when not uh, <laughs> when not when not overseeing the methamphetamines. He's and completely one of those people that you would not expect to be a criminal, mm. or at least a, a high up criminal. You expect him to be like a lackey. Mm. Um, if you look at photographs, but he had he gave himself the nickname of the Premier mm. because he runs this fucking state. Mm-hmm. So he gave himself that nickname. Yes. And what do they say about people who give themselves nicknames? True that. So mm. he was part of the, the Melbourne gangland killings, as we were saying. Babyface killers. But he is also officially the last murder of the Melbourne gangland killings. Yes. So um, he was born on the 13th of October, 1970. Mm-hmm. If you're superstitious, that would be a very bad birthday. Yes. Because it's the 13th and it's in October, mm. which is the devil's month. That's right. Because of Halloween and shit. Mm-hmm. Um. So he married um, Roberta Williams, and they had a daughter, Dakota, mm-hmm. who was born on the 10th of March, which is about six weeks older than my son, Dakota. Mm. 6th of March, 2001. Well, there you go. Same age as Dakota. Our Dakota. That's crazy. It's, except she's spelled D-H. Yes, I remember. O-T-A. Reading that when she had an interview yeah. with 60 minutes? Yeah, they did a 60 Minutes interview with her when she was like 17. Yeah. Um, so about two years ago. Um, mm. Whereas our Dakota is spelled like state, D-A-K-O-T-A. Yes. Yeah, and ours is a boy and this is a girl. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely in that time when a lot of Dakotas came out, which is why I was kind of pissed that I named Dakota Dakota. Doesn't she have siblings? No, she's an only child. She's an only child? Okay. Yeah. So, um, Kyle Williams is thought to be responsible for at least 10 of the gangland killings, mm-hmm. but he's only charged with three. Mm. Um... So, the Melbourne Gangland Wars, Kyle Williams was involved from the beginning, mm. same as Jason Mar- and Mark Moran, because on the 13th of October, t- um, 1999, happy birthday, Kyle, <laughs> um, he was shot in the stomach by Jason Moran due to owing the Morans a ton of drug money. Um, and that's what started the Gangland Wars. Mm. 
And I was 17 at this point. And it was insane. Seeing it on the news all the time and everything. I Do you remember can remember bits and pieces. You were like 11. I was 11 at the time, and I can remember bits and pieces, snippets of uh, news stories on the television news, and in the newspapers, and I think my, my parents spoke about it a, a little bit, but um, you would have uh, a wider exposure to all sorts of media being almost an adult at the time. Yeah, but I was also drunk a lot. <laughs> at that stage in my life. So I remember it, and it wasn't the same, but I, wouldn't, I don't remember a lot. Because I was drunk a lot. Yep, at the time, that could have helped you engage Just, in certain ways. Gonna go with drunk. Because <laughs> I, was, I was probably stoned a lot too, then, too. Go, Carl, or boo, Carl, or... Something I don't know. I just wasn't near a TV that much, so <laughs> and then and then I got knocked up. So I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> not really that. I have a bit more pressing matters, you know, on in the stomach, yes, than the Morans and and the Williams pressing but, against the side yeah, of the stomach. Yeah, literally. exactly. You know, like kicking out and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> After that personal side note tangent. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I do re- remember a little okay, bit. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. the first murder linked with Williams is Mark Moran. So Moran was 35 and he was shot outside his house um, in... I am so sorry if I terrorise any of these Melbourne suburbs names. I'm really sorry. But Aberfieldy. So he was shot at about 8pm on the 15th of June 2000. So poor bastard, right in the middle of the Olympics and everything. I know, right? <laughs> And yeah, I think it's pronunci- I think the pronunciation is Aberfieldy. I mean, Melbourne had it in 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 '56. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but it's like it's right, right in the middle of that year. <coughs> Anywho, um, Mark Moran is Jason Moran's half brother, mm-hmm. um, and the charges against Williams for Mark Moran's death was dropped due to a plea agreement. Mm-hmm. So just remember that. Yeah. Um, so Jason Moran was next. Right, Mark's half brother was the uh, he was a leader in the Moran family. It was basically his brother, his father Lewis. Yes, and him and Mark. So it was a clannish so sort of like, arrangement. Yeah. So it, well, yeah, it's the Moran family. Mm-hmm. That's the name. It's a dynasty. It's a crime dynasty. And then the Moran family was part of the Carlton crew. Yes, and yes, it was. There's this long history of of, of crews in um, Australian urban underworld, but yeah. specifically the Melbourne. Yeah, and specifically the gangland killing. Yes. Um, and he was the one that shot Williams in the abdomen. Um, Jason was shot along with his minder, Pasquale Barbara. Barbara. That dude. Pas- Pasquale Barbaro. Yeah, yeah, I was close. I do, yeah. Um, but notice that his name is not on the list of murders Ooh. for Williams. Yet he was killed at the same time, same day, same place, same everything. As Jason Moran. Me detect a conspiracy. No, I just don't think he was important enough, apparently. <laughs> While watching five kids they had brought to play football at a, at a football clinic. In oh, Mason, yeah. Um, on the 21st of June, 2003. So this was three years after his brother, almost the day. Um, at King's uh, Cross Keys Reserve in Essington. Um, they returned to their car after picking up the kids, and the kids were in the back. Of a van, and a gunman came up to the 
passenger side or driver's side, I'm not so sure, but shot both of them in the front seat, and there was five kids behind them. And that just... Including Jason's twins. There were six-year-old twins. That flies against, across so many cultures, um, the, the, the criminal under, criminal underworlds, um, no matter what they do, I mean, they're supposed to have to have codes. Yeah, well, and who, yeah, a lot, a lot of them are you don't involve children. I think Carl Williams threw it, got that Chloe book and threw it out the window. Yeah. Because this isn't the only kid that's involved. Mm-hmm. So, Jason had six year old twins, a boy and a girl, and they were sitting in the back. So, they saw their father get shot. Um, security footage showed a figure of the gunman running from the scene. Um, and Lewis Moran could not attend the funeral due to being locked up and. The cops did not ask, uh, they did not approve his um, compassionate grounds to go to the funeral because of the security risk. Obviously, someone was after the Morans. Yeah. Um, so, the gunman, nicknamed by the cops the Runner, the Runner, ended up being Victor Brinkat. And he figured Williams for killing the Morans, um, for hiring him to kill the Moran, mm. like Jason Moran and Barbaro. Um, <laughs> But he skimped on the $100,000 fee, so that's why Brincat dobbed him in. So, but we'll get to that a bit later. There's a pattern emerging here. Uh, People not paying their debts. Yeah, well, obviously Carl Williams is not a Lannister. No, he's definitely not a Lannister. <laughs> so, um... He might have ended up being as rich as a Lannister at one point, but he's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the worst... <laughs> Deaths attributed to Carl Williams, and we know that he did it, was um, Mark Malia. Um, he died an absolute horrible death. And this was on the 18th of August, 2003. So this was, what, two months after Jason Maroon? Mm-hmm. He was tortured on the orders of Carl Williams by five men, including gangland figure Andrew Benji Benamine, mm-hmm. um, who was Williams' right-hand man from... 2002 to late 2003. Mm. Worked out a lot from all accounts. Mm. Was very into fitness and the like. Mm-hmm. Mm. Got shot by someone. Mm. Uh, Gatto, I think so. I don't know. Gatto. There is a lot, a lot to cover in the gangland murders. This is just a smidgen. Yeah. A smidgen. I looked at the timeline um, of the gangland murders. <laughs> And it's just insane. It's like four years of death. Four or five years of just death. People dying left, right and centre. And decades down the line, people who live um, through it will be <coughs> regarded by younger generations. Like, we currently regard those who are old enough to have uh, lived through the gangland wars in Chicago during the 20s and 30s. Hmm. They dress better. Or <laughs> the guys in Chicago. Or the craze in London during the fifties and sixties. Yeah, but they True. all dress better. These guys dress in t-shirts and and what do they call those really short shorts? Sluggers. The nineteen twenties gangsters. Something like that. Something like that. They had a sense of style, except when it came to gangland funerals. Then they all got into oh, yeah, their suits and sunglasses. Until, you wait until I tell you about how we were <coughs> funeral. Oh my goodness. Um, anyway, back to death. So, Williams thought Malia had, um, hidden drug money. 
and he wanted it back. And so the men interrogated Malia by by using a soldering iron, like torturing yeah. him with a soldering iron, before being strangled to death. Now, we don't know if the torture was actually successful or not, but he died. Yeah. Um, that was the end result. That was the end result. Um, his body was put in a wheelie bin and lit on fire. He was found in the melted bin. Okay, a wheelie bin is like a bin that you just take out. It's got wheels and... You get it. It's the name of it. Oh, should we probably define? I just realised when I when I mentioned earlier, um, Carl Williams um, being a bogan. Should we define bogan for our international audience? I think the American, uh, other like the American word for it is redneck or white trash. In Britain, it's chav. I think there's a Canadian version. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like that. But yeah, yeah he looked like a bogan. Mm-hmm. But he was quite successful and rich. Yes. Which is weird. And oh, you'd be surprised still. No, I know. I know. I understand that. Um, so Malia was found in the melted bin in a stormwater drain in West Sunshine. He, um, the autopsy report said he died of a neck compression, which considering he was strangled to death is, um, well, duh. Mm. Um, but that's probably how they figured out that it was strangulation rather than arson or something like that. So, um, <coughs> so on the 25th of October, 2003, which was only a couple of months after that one. So Jason, Mark Malia and Michael Marshall were all killed within like a couple of months of each other. Um, was shot four times in the head outside his South Yarra home. His five-year-old son was present and witnessed the murder. Um, apparently the motive is that Williams wanted to frame Marshall for the killing of Willie Thompson, um, so ordered his murder. Now, Thompson was killed in July of 2003 as a drive-by, but what I don't understand is, um, Thompson was an ally of the Morans, Mm. so I have no idea what was going on there. Um, it became controversial because Victor oh. Brincat, you right there? Yeah. <coughs> Did you check on your hot chocolate? I'm okay, just a little bit, I think. Just yeah. a smidge? Just a smidge. You know, you're not supposed to inhale that. I realise. <laughs> <laughs> so, you be quiet, it's not 100%. <laughs> that doesn't mean you inhale hot chocolate. I don't care how not 100% you are. <laughs> Um, so it became controversial as Victor Brinkat and Thomas Henschel were under police surveillance at the time of the shooting and they did the shooting. Mm. So the cops either couldn't or wouldn't stop the murder. I definitely detect a conspiracy here. There's probably some backstory. There, there probably is. Um, <coughs> but yeah, I, I didn't get into it. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of information to get through on this, and I thought it would be more important to get other stuff. And there was a out lot of there. information that had to be kept uh, under wraps. Oh, we during, get to that later too so. yeah, during the trials. Uh huh. For a time. So Lewis Moran was the last murderer attributed to Williams. Lewis was the patriarch of the Moran family. He outlived both his son Jason and his stepson Mark. On the thirty-first of March. 2004, Lewis and his buddy Herb, or Birdie, Rout, were at a local having a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brunswick Club Hotel in Brunswick. They were both on bail, and as such, didn't have guns on them, because that would breach their bail if they were pulled over by the cops. Very true. 
Um, it says Lewis's bail was for drug charges. Okay. So it wasn't like a violent thing. Yeah. Um, so two gunmen wearing balaclavas, they pulled up to the pub in a Ford and got out. And when Lewis saw them, he started bolting. He took off. And get this. Old dude, right? Took off, jumped over a poker machine and threw a glass window, but the dude's caught up with him anyway. Shot him twice in the back of the head, execution style. Yep. Rat was badly injured, but lived. So they're all the murders that <coughs> are attributed to Williams. Um, so he was arrested, and in on the 28th of February, 2007, he appeared before... Um, Melbourne Supreme Court or Victorian Supreme Court. I think it's Melbourne Supreme Court. Um, and he pleaded guilty to the murders of Lewis and Jason Moran and Mark Malia. He also pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit murder of Mario Condello, who was a lawyer who was shot. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it was revealed that he was already serving a 21-year sentence for the murder of Michael Marshall. And... The conspiracy to commit the fact that he was charged with the conspiracy to commit murder mm. for um, of Mario Condello, and the fact that he was already serving his twenty-one year sentence. Um, this has been suppressed until that appearance in front of the Supreme Court. Yeah, completely suppressed in the media. Um, now his sentencing was murder of Michael Marshall. He got twenty-seven years with a twenty-one year non-parole period. Yeah. Murder of Jason Moran, he got life. Murder of Mark Malia, he got life. Murder of Lewis Moran, he got 25 years. <coughs> and conspiracy to murder Mario Condello, he got 25 years too. That's so, a lot of sentences. Well, he got two life mur- two lives, mm. but for two of them, he only got 25 years. It's always puzzled me how the law ends... Like, Passing they, our judgments can make distinctions. Yeah, like did, he pled guilty to all of them. Mm. Like, anywho, so he was killed on the nineteenth of April, two thousand and ten, at Barwon Prison, where he was bashed in the head by the handlebar section of an exercise bike. Now I have an exercise bike. It'd take a bit of bashing for that to work. He was caught on CCTV. I know. Footage. Um. The inmate that killed him, Matthew Charles Johnson, was convicted of murder and 32 years was added to his sentence in December 2011. Williams' funeral was on the 13th of April, 2010, in Essendon. He was buried in a gold fucking coffin. A gold coffin? Yes. In a nameless pot with no headstone. So I understand, like, not wanting the public to, like, know where his body is and that. Yeah. But where does his daughter go? Does she know where it is? So she can go and mourn? Or I wouldn't be surprised if she either knows, you're not letting anyone else know, or she only knows that there is a symbolic place where she goes to pay her respects. Yeah, maybe. That would be my guess for Like, for I talk to my mum all the time. You do? Yeah, and she, she ain't buried anywhere near here. <laughs> Hanging the butt ghost. <laughs> but, a long-running injury. Yes. But this is just a small, small section of the Melbourne gangland killings. Yeah. He'd made some moolah if he could be. Oh, he made a lot of money. Gold coffin. J- 
Dakota actually had a, um, she lost a court case because um, she got left a $1 million property when he died. Yeah. But um, she couldn't keep it. Because of the keeper of the proceeds of crime. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. I kind of feel sorry for her, in a way, like... Yeah. You're the daughter of one of the biggest gangsters in Australian history, mm-hmm. and one one of the biggest gangsters in recent Australian history. Yeah. And you're only 19. That's right. And when you are approached by the press to give your side of the story... <coughs> And, um, and, and and there's a pattern here with um, the children of um, notorious uh, gangsters and, and, and criminals um, mentioning, justifying what their, their, their parent did with, um, with the express belief that it was, um, you know, to look after his family and, and everything. No, I can, I can understand that. I you reckon... don't want... Sorry, go you you, you you don't want to think that your your parent was a total bad egg or or anything or anything like that but oh, yeah. um it's also partly you know self delusion yeah and I think if you as look, well. and if you look at the facts it's clearly revenge has quite a significant um is quite a significant element in the whole starting of the war and that mm um, but like, her mother's not much either, Roberta Williams. Mm. She just got done for kidnapping and extortion and stuff. She's out on bail. Yeah. So it's not like she's turned her life around and became Susie Homemaker. Yeah. I heard a bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. She got released. Yeah. Apparently, um, Dakota reckoned that her portrayal in Underbelly was laughable. <laughs> was, was laughably, um... Inaccurate. Is that because they got someone hotter than a player? Oh, sick <laughs> burn, Sylvia. I don't know. Robert, oh, I she know. needs to go to the burn victims unit. <laughs> I'm no, I'm, I'm no That's like, harsh, man. like statue or Mona Lisa or whatever. But neither is Roberta Williams. So <laughs> what? She's not. So um. You know, that I, was... you know who I feel sorry for? I, just in general, I feel sorry for the kids. Mm. Like, especially Jason and um, Michael Mar- Jason Moran's and Michael Marshall's kid. Yeah. Because they saw their parents get shot in front of them. Like, and they were old enough, like five and six. Like, you have memories from when you're five and six years old. And something that traumatic? That's going to psychologically scar I hope, you for I a long hope time. they got therapy. I hope so too. <coughs> and, and that just, as always, it's the kids that are that are hurt in this kind of scenario. It just underscores how dirty the whole war um, was. The uh, the the gangland killings in mm. Melbourne at that time. Do you know? I was just um, thinking. Um, Feel free to are... add to this because that is just a really bare bones. Of what Carl Williams did, it yeah. doesn't go into any of the drug trafficking or anything like that. But he he was a major drug trafficker and a hitman himself. When you were talking about um, Roberta Williams mm. being um, 
dramatized. Oh, just want to quickly say that Roberta Williams was a drug trafficker before she married Carl Williams too. Mm. And so he didn't make her sell drugs or anything. She was already in that in that game. And she and Carl were divorced before he was killed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, it took me a while to find out actually <laughs> because it said that they were ex-wife and, and estranged wife and blah, blah, blah. But it didn't actually say that they were divorced anywhere or when they were divorced. They just said that they weren't together when he... When he died, mm. so it, it it doesn't even say like on his um, Murderpedia or his wiki page or anything yeah. that they were divorced. So it took me a while to see whether or not they were actually still together or whether it was after. Because you know when someone dies, they say ex-wife or ex-husband. Yeah. I thought it was that kind of ex, but it took me like four or five articles to to get that they were actually separated. Beforehand, so we're, we're, their relationship isn't exactly clear cut. As with a lot of factors in this story, oh, and many others. As with any like gangland or gangster, so um, so, so, uh, sneaky shit. I couldn't think of the proper word, but it's the main sneaky shit. Um, <laughs> it's sneaky, like like subterfuge. That's the word. Thank you very much, Mister Graduate. Um, it was, um, like it's all smoke and mirrors mm. throughout the whole thing. Like, their, um, all their dealings are shady and, and that. And, and honestly, you're only getting what they tell you because they screw each other over. How do you know they're not telling you, they're telling you the, the whole truth? Do you know what I mean? And like, mm. and Carl Williams, he got away with a lot of murders, like... He only claimed three, but there, <coughs> there is evidence of him being connected to at least ten. At least at ten. At least. That he either ordered or um, had uh, dealings with. So, and and I don't get why it was done first. See, this is something that I don't understand. Yeah. And I wish I could look at the, the files. I don't understand why it was done for murder. Yeah. For... Um, Jason Lewis and Michael Marshall, but he wasn't there. He wasn't the one that killed them. So why was he done with for murder for those and not conspiracy like and and either conspiracy to murder for those or just murder for the Mario Candelo one? Like was it part of a plea deal? Like didn't mm. that made no sense at all? Because. Why was he done with those charges is what I want to know. <laughs> because it just, it, it doesn't make sense. Further research may be required. Yeah. Like if he was going to be done with murder for Michael, <coughs> Jason and Lewis, why wasn't he done for murder for Mario Condello? And if he was done for conspiracy to murder for Mario Condello, why wasn't he done for conspiracy to murder for the other ones? Mm. Because he basically did the same for all of them. Had to go back and look at the transcripts of the. Uh, there of the would trials. be a lot of research to find out why that was that, and, and the police investigation too. Yeah, you would have to look into everything. Yeah. Um. And and to be honest, dude, we know that there were cops on the take. Yeah. During the gangland wars, and there and, was um, a long history in the major cities of. Uh, of police officers being being corrupt and on the take. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you look at Brisbane with the Fitzgerald Inquiry, like Queensland with the Fitzgerald Inquiry. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do know that there were cops on the take during during the gangland wars on all sides. Mm. Um, same with lawyers and, and that kind of thing too. Yes. Carl Williams was not happy that his judge was a woman, by the way. Oh, yeah, I remember reading reading that in... In in the in the book Underbelly, uh, that the Justice King, yes, was a woman. That's right. I don't know if she's still on the on the bar or whatever they call it. Yeah, the, the I ain't a lawyer. First season of the of the television program was was based upon. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't know, there's a show here in Australia called Underbelly, and the first season was. The, a, a, a loose interpretation. Of, yes. Well, it wasn't true to form, but it was a, a fairly decent decent telling of it, um, of the Gangland Wars. And it was released, what, two years after Carl It came was... out in 2007, I 2008, thought it was 2008, I think. I think it was 2008, and he was arrested in 2007. And, um, and it's all about that. But it, um, the, the franchise of Underbelly has gone on. That's right. Um, there's what five seasons of it now? Four uh, seasons? Five or six, and various. There's spin-offs as well. Various spin-offs, yes. Um, um, Fat Tony and it, Co. and Informers, something or other. Yeah, it wasn't able to be shown in Victoria during no. the trial <laughs> in case it would prejudice. Well, there was. Poison the water, I don't think it well. was actually shown in Victoria for like a couple of years mm. after. Yeah, in case it would be, um, yeah. Prejudicial towards the the jury, the media. What I was trying to say beforehand oh, sorry, concerning the um, the depiction of uh, Roberta Williams, her being portrayed by by an actress, by yeah, by an actor. Sorry. It's the the glamorization, which is aided by the fact that you only are getting part of the story, and you're getting multiple perspectives, and it's being depending upon the uh, the person telling the story. It's been altered in in such a way to make the person um, telling it look as as in, in as bright a light as as possible, ironing out all the flaws and, and whatnot. It, it it adds to the glamorization. And Roberta Williams in the first season of Underbelly, it has parallels with the portrayals of Kate Lee and Tilly Devine when we get to Underbelly Razor, looking at the uh, underworld, the gangland wars in Sydney in the 1920s, because, yeah, there's uh, quite... They were naughty women in the 1920s. They certainly were, and there's not much... Uh, res- uh, like, like, not much of a likeness between the actresses playing Caitlin and Tilly Devine and the actual no, it's kind deceased, of like, yeah. It's kind of like with books. Mm. Like, like, but you reminded me of that when you were talking about. Mm. Yeah, sorry, Roberta um, Williams. But there's like, there's, there's always three versions of the story. This is hers and the truth. Yes. Um. And also, but glamorization of the whole, um, specifically for what we're talking about the, um, the Melbourne gangland yeah. wars in the medium of television. Yeah, but they um. As I was saying, there is a lot of information. Like mm. there is a butt ton of information to go through, and try and sort through what's important and what's not. And and for the show creators, yeah. I would have to say 
that they would have picked the direction they wanted to tell the story mm. and gone with that. Yes. And to be honest, in the story, from what I can remember, you can correct me <laughs> if, I'm, if, you, if I'm wrong, from what I can remember is Roberta was a supporting character. It was more around Kyle Williams and the Morans. Mm-hmm. Um, with Roberta being like a backup of a character development for Kyle Williams rather than a character of her own in the story. And that's why I say it's a loose interpretation of it. Yes. Because there is so much information, there is so much shady dealings, there is so much things that you're never going to know that you can only um, extrapolate or interpret. And people are still alive, there's a threat of litigation. Exactly. There's slander, there's... (laughs) <laughs> there's all sorts of things that you could, like the people that made Underbelly, I think it was Nine, wasn't it? Nine Network? Yes. Made Underbelly. Um, they'd be, we're, like we're not the most litigatus country in the world, but we're not not the most litigatus country in the world either. Like there's plenty of there's still lawsuits of, to worry about and stuff like that. We're still that. pretty litigious as a nation. We are. and um, But like, It'd be very difficult to tell that story. Yeah, even though libel laws, they tend to protect the rich and famous and powerful and well-connected. True that, but it would be a very, very difficult story to tell. Mm. Like, a lot of, um, from what I can remember, as I said, I have not seen Underbelly for a long time, but from what I can remember, it was basically around the Carlton crew Mm -hmm. with the Morans and the Williams group. Yeah. Right? There was about five or six other groups involved in the gangland wars, though. Mm. So, you're missing all these points of view. True. By focusing only on that main... And, and true, they are the main protagonists of of the war, of the killings. Well, it's streamlining for dramatic but convenience. Exactly. But you're still missing all these other points of view of these other gangs and why they're involved. Well, he's you know what I mean? to consider several characters in the show, they could not be identified legally because of a trial that was happening. So maybe yeah. certain things had to I, be I cut also, out for legal reasons. Yeah, I also think that, don't, don't quote me on this one, but I could not find the names of Jason's children. Yeah. I also couldn't find the name of Michael Marshall's child. So I think those witnesses would be suppressed as well because they were juveniles at the time. Yeah. And I think they would still be suppressed even now. Yeah. Um, because un- unlike Dakota Williams, I don't think they were wanting to be known. Yeah. Because I've not seen any any mention of them other than they were there. They're a boy and a girl twin. That's it. Yeah. And the five-year-old at Michael Marshall's. Also, I think they're still underage. Maybe? No. No, no, they'd be adults now. Okay. Yeah. Well... they were six in 2003. So they'd be just adults. I, um, uh, as with, um... But if anyone can find the names of the children, or, <coughs> or if we are wrong in any way, please let us know. Email, comment... On the YouTube channels. Yes, please do. Contact us on Facebook. We'd love to know when we're wrong. 
as with our discussion in a previous episode about uh, transcripts of uh, appointments with uh, with uh, psychiatrists um, and, and other mental health workers, uh, the privileged nature of yeah. of that. We we we're not a hundred percent sure about the 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 relevant laws legislation around this, but but maybe as patients we've been told from our therapist that the only time that she 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 will release our files is if we are in danger to ourselves or others, and maybe information might come out. More information may come out down the track, um, especially uh, upon the death of parties involved or something. Yeah. Yeah. But also, as you said, a lot of information was suppressed during the trial. How do we know that that information is being suppressed as well now? Mm. Like, there could be a butt-ton of information that we're just not privy to because we're not in law enforcement or lawyers or whatever. Yeah. And the whole history is told by the victors. Yes. Williams won. He beat the Morans. True. So, but yeah. Well, there are going to be things that will <coughs> Hmm. And there's only so far you can go with the Australian equivalent of the Freedom of Information Act. Yeah. Yeah, because ours is a lot tighter Ooh. than others. Yeah. Um, and we actually don't have freedom of speech. Hmm. Yeah. It's not in our constitution. Well, it's not enshrined in the constitution. No, it's not. So, yeah. So, that's Carl Williams. Yes. And his twisted little world. Yes. Or part of it. It's only a little, little. I cannot, I cannot. Carl I cannot overestimate how little a part of the whole of the gangland killings this is. Like, yes, it is an integral part. Yes, it is a very important part. But there was so much that happened around it as well mm. that added to why these m- murders and that happened. He's calling into Darren Hinch. I would probably thing. have to do an episode on like each Moran murder. Yeah. To like just individually to go, to pull apart why they actually happened. And A stuff. very special episode. But no, 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 no. Episodes, plural. No. I'll tell me with love it. Come on. No. No, that would be insane. She'd give big, big props. Much love to her sister for doing that. Well, I've touched on it now. Let's just see if we run out of um, material. Okay. <laughs> but Carl Williams is one of the heavy hitters of Australian murder. Mm. And um, probably one of the first that we've done that are a big hitter. I think so too. And obviously, um, we've, we've mentioned it several times... There is um, the the first season of the uh, of of the series Underbelly. I was just trying to think, would it be um, drama doc or docu docu drama? Uh, it's historical miniseries, but but modern history and adaptation. It might also be on Amazon Video. <coughs> look it up. But there's also quite a few documentaries too, because. Yeah. People are fascinated. Content creators of uh, true crime are fascinated by uh, uh, times in history such as the, uh, the, the 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 Melbourne gangland killing. There's so you've a tour. Got, 
You can do a tour in Melbourne. Plus 60 Minutes and other television <laughs> shows, they continue to air stories about that. But uh, sorry, I keep interrupting that's you. That's all right. Twisted History was one of the references I used. It's a tour in Melbourne. Uh, Wikipedia, Murderpedia, the usuals mm. were also bases of my, like, um, stepping off blocks of my um, research, Nine News, um, all the usual um, news articles and stuff like that. Mm. Just letting you know where I got my info from. Thank you for that, Sil. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Have you found, come across in your research, any other good biographies of um, Carl Williams or any of the big players in There's a good Gangland one. Killings? Well, not the Gangland Killings. There is one for Ivan Milat. Yeah. Um, I'm more interested in serial killers personally, so I'm. that's where my forte is. But, um, and I would not classify Carl Williams as a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, because he didn't actually do the shootings. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm sure there would be biographies or, or books about it. I'm fairly sure there's a book of Underbelly. Yes, there is, that the series were, were, were based upon. Yeah. So, yeah. I, th- I think there is. We have it. Do we have the first season? I thought we just had the Squeezy Taylor one. We have the first season and we have the book it was based on. Oh, okay. In our collection. My own smart, go watch them. <laughs> do it. Do I've watched it. them for about 10 years. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. And um, Watch it now that you're not drunk and stoned all the time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who said it. I was, though. During the time of the killings, until I got up the daft, <laughs> got a bun in the oven, and then mm-hmm. I stopped being stupid. Um... So, yeah, that's it for this week, guys, and we will see you all next week. See you next week. Have a good one. Bye, Murder Fiends. Bye. Bye.